Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Sully podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Tonight, I have Haley and Lauren with me. What's up, ladies? What's going on? I'm excited to be back. Hello. Just excited to be home at this point. I'm sat in traffic for like two hours, so I'm here. Big, uh, big day for Haley. Uh, so uh, we're, we're happy that she's home and relaxing and getting ready to talk some some puck with her line mates. So, um, yeah, exciting. I wouldn't say exciting week, a long week that has uh, happened uh, in in the sport of of hockey. Um, just, uh, you know, to get this out of the way, address the elephant in the room. Uh, we are recording this on uh, Thursday, October 28th. Um, obviously just, uh, within the last two days, there have been, uh, a lot of news in, uh, in the hockey world, uh, revolving around the Chicago Blackhawks, um, a very, very serious story. Uh, we do plan on covering that story in depth, probably devoting an entire episode to it. Uh, if anyone has you know, been listening to our show for a while, um, you know, you may recall that we did an entire episode on the Chicago Blackhawks when this uh, you know, sexual abuse story first uh, came to light uh, back when we didn't have any details and before the investigation that we just learned the details of uh, within the last couple of days. Um, so we do plan on covering this story. Uh, we will not be doing so in this episode. We are going to, um, you know, cover it next week. We're going to let the story breathe a little bit. Obviously, we're still learning more and more information, um, you know, seemingly by the hour. Um, and, you know, we just want to give the the story the attention that it deserves um so we will be covering it next week but for now we are going to be uh you know talking about some other things in uh, in the hockey world um so with that being said stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts and what's been going on around the national hockey league and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together and so without further delay let's drop the puck for our opening face-off and so uh, Lauren, I'll start with you. Um, you know, do you have an opening face-off for us tonight to get to this week's episode started? Yeah, and I know just you know, I know you just said that we're going to devote a, an episode to this, but I just wanted to really shout out Kyle Beach for this courage and his bravery yesterday, coming forward about his story and re- kind of reliving the trauma. And I'm sure that he's had to relive it every day for the past 11 years, but to actually speak on it and really relive it in front of the world really um, is very admirable. And I hope that it's a wake up call for the NHL, but I also hope that it helps other survivors either tell their story or just make them feel less alone. Um, It's heartbreaking when he said that he felt like he was, like he felt like nothing on part of a, a team that's supposed to be your family. So I hope that he makes others feel safer and more loved. Um, and just really wanted to shout out his bravery because that takes guts to do what he did, especially on a platform that he knows everyone's watching. He knows everyone's following the story. So just want to applaud him for that. And I will go much more into depth when we cover this on a, on our future episode. Yeah. Very well said, Lauren. I mean, uh, and I echo that completely, um, you know, Kyle beach. I really hope that, and I was mentioning this in our Snipe and Selly, uh, in our, our group chat yesterday, 
uh, when it was announced that uh, that you know he was going to be interviewed by Rick Westhead, who has done just a tremendous job covering this story. Uh, you know, for the last several months, uh, he was the one of the few people in hockey journalism who was actually actively seeking out details in this story and you know not afraid to cover it. Um, and so it was fitting that he had the interview. But I, I was saying I, I hope that this decision by Kyle Beach was not prompted in any way by the fact that the results of the investigation were uh, came out and they made it very easy to figure out that he was John Doe. Um, you know, just in our, our, again, in our Snipe and Selly group chat, I, you know, I did five minutes of research and I said, okay, it could be one of two guys. And one of them was, was Kyle Beach based on, you know, the information that they made public. So I hope that this was completely his decision, regardless of whether or not he felt like he, you know, had to do it because it was only a matter of time before people put two and two together. Uh, like you said, Lauren, just incredible amount of bravery, um, you know, to, to go up there in front of the world and talk about this, um, which is just, it's not an easy thing for any survivor to talk about, but especially when it's a male, um, you know, and, you know, the, the things that are said about men who are sexually assaulted um, and, you know, the things that were said to Kyle Beach. So um, again, we will go into so much depth in this uh, next week and, you know, devote an episode to it. But uh, yeah, I agree completely, Lauren. Um, Haley, do you have an opening face-off for us to get uh, this week's episode started? So not really hockey-related, but I just find it funny that twice now in my apartment complex, I have literally parked and then moved my car when somebody was leaving to park in a better parking spot because there's never parking in front. Like You always have to walk like two, three buildings down, and Austin's not really a safe city. So I just feel like I've been winning lately in the parking games here because I park and then somebody like walks out of their apartment and gets in their car and I get back in my car and I just wait and I wait for them to move and then I steal their parking spot and it's literally the one right by the stairs in front of my apartment. So if you also do this, I would love to know, but I'm a little petty like that. Just wanted to, to point out parking is a big deal, okay? I do not miss whatsoever the challenges associated with with getting a parking spot i am as of two months ago finally a garage owner um and i know exactly where i'm parking every day if i'm actually leaving the house still working from home but i can definitely uh sympathize with you hales uh you know the trying to to find a a, a primo parking spot is very very difficult so i'm glad that you're having success with that lately <laughs> Uh, as for myself, um, you know, for uh, my opening face, I just wanted to, again, remind all of our listeners, uh, we have had uh, quite a few entries already into our giveaway for a, a hockey jersey of your own choosing. We're going to keep this um, giveaway going for another week. Uh, so we will announce a winner, um, you know, just before uh, we drop next week's episode. Uh, so again, if you have not entered our giveaway, you know, there's more people who are listening to the show than entering the giveaway. So, um, you know, if you do not have social media, um, you know, you can always, uh, you can always, you know, try and, uh, you know, reach out to us, uh, you know, via email, um, you know, for the fans media at gmail.com. You can reach out uh, saying that you wanted to enter the Snipe and Sally giveaway, uh, but follow the instructions on, on Twitter. If you do have social media, we'd love to give you a Jersey, you know, where free stuff is always awesome. So, uh, we will announce the winner of that giveaway next week, but thank you to a lot of people who've already entered. Really cool to see 
this much interaction um, with us on uh, on social. So um, we're excited to give away a jersey next week, and hopefully this is not one we have to custom make this time. Um, but uh, if so, that's what we'll do. Um, but thank you everyone uh, for for entering so far, and let's hope to see some more entries here in the next week. Uh, but I want to get going here um, with our coast to coast uh, segment, uh, you know, talking news. And obviously, again, most of the news this week has revolved around the Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, there's very little news that does not involve them, but uh, we will talk about it here. And again, we will do a, you know, again, a full episode on the Blackhawks next week. You know, we're, we just don't want to jump the gun. Uh, you know, maybe there's some more information that comes to light, but, uh, you know, we're learning a little bit more every day. So, uh, by you know next week we'll have uh, I think we'll have uh, you know good good spot to discuss this uh, this story at length. But I wanted to for our first news segment almost a continuation of uh, of our chirp session from last week because we now know that Nikita Kucherov is going to miss the next eight to ten weeks on top of the week and a half that he's already missed. So he could stand to lose uh, to lose you know four months of his season following his surgery. So the, uh, the injury that he did suffer, lower body injury, uh, supposedly in the groin area, it did require surgery. Um, he, uh, you know, so he's going to be out at this point, you know, it could be uh, a total of three months. And with him being on long-term injury reserve, you know, the Lightning do have the ability to use that cap space uh, uh, and, you know, try and, and, you know, add another player to the roster as we all know they did last year. Now, here's the thing, three months, that puts us, you know, mid to late January, you know, that's another two and a half months, really, of, uh, of regular season hockey after he's supposed to come back. So I don't know if they can actually use it now, now that we have a timetable, uh, I don't know what they're actually going to do. So, uh, Lauren, I'll go with you first here. You know, now that we know, again, this is a legitimate injury. Not that we didn't think he, that, that we thought he was faking it before, but it's a legitimate injury. We now have a timetable. You know, I want to almost revisit what we were talking about last week. Do you think that Tampa is going to try and add to their roster knowing that they have very little flexibility once they actually have to bring Kucherov back? You know, you're not going to sit him out an extra two and a half months. Um, and, and, you know, you could do that in a 56 game season, sit him out the whole year. You can't do it now. So do you think Tampa's actually going to you know, try and add to their roster? They've struggled out of the gates this year um, as the defending champs, or do you think they're going to stand pat here? Because again, it's just the chess pieces uh, would be very difficult to move around once he returned. Yeah. I don't think they're going to try to make any kind of moves. I don't think they'll try to kind of do what they did last year, but I did see an interesting point on Twitter. I can't remember who tweeted it, but they said that, eight to 10 weeks, like, like you said, Mark puts them in like January ish. And then that's, then there's the Olympic break and that's just enough time for him to have a quote unquote setback and be ready for the playoffs. And I was like, Oh, why did you even put that thought in my head? Twitter user? Like now I can't get it out of my head. But I think at the end of the day, uh, there, there's just, there's not enough room there. Even if you do put Kucherov on long-term IR, it's, there's just not, there's not enough wiggle room. It's not like last year where they had all this manipulation of the cap. I just, I don't see them doing it. Are they really dumb enough to do it two years in a row? Probably. But I think at this point they want to figure out 
kind of get on track and figure out what's wrong and what's where their struggles lie and work on that before trying to bring in somebody else who may not mesh with this team. I didn't even think of the Olympic factor too. Imagine if he plays in the Olympics and then supposedly something that happened during the Olympic games has caused him to have a little bit of a setback. We're not going to activate him off a long-term IR. Suddenly we get to March and then, you know what, I, he's out the, out, out the whole season and, and they, they, they do the whole thing again. They add someone at the trade deadline. Now I'm, my conspiracy theory wheels had stopped turning and Lauren, you just got them to start spinning again. All right. So the hamsters running circles up here uh, in my brain. So now I'm not even sure what to think anymore. Uh, I didn't even consider the Olympic cause that's, you know, another two weeks off uh, th- two, three weeks. And suddenly they're just like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe we, if, if they heat, if they heat up a little bit, maybe they try and sit them again and add someone at the deadline. Oh, Oh, I don't even know what to think now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Lauren, it's your fault. Uh, oh, uh, Haley, I want uh, to ch- check with you on this. I mean, again, am I just being too much of a conspiracy theorist? I mean, it is a legitimate injury and I do feel bad that Kucherov is, is missing time again, but is it going to be one of those things once again, where Tampa just says, Hey, you know what? It doesn't impact what you're getting paid. Take a little bit of extra time off. Uh, we're going to add to this roster and you'll come back fresh for another cup run to see if we can three peat. Yeah, I mean, I really don't see them doing it again. But to be honest, they're not the best team in Florida right now. So, I mean, they can do that all they want. I don't foresee them going back to the Stanley Cup. I I really don't, especially if you're just looking at the two teams in Florida. Because I finally got to watch some hockey this week. And one of the games, unfortunately, was against the Bruins um, that I watched with the Florida Panthers. And they're legit. They are a contender. And so Tampa Bay, like if, if you do go that route, I, again, going to say this for the second week in a row, hope it bites you in the ass and you get kicked out of the playoffs early. I mean, as we record this, the lightning are up three, nothing uh, at the first intermission of their game, but it's against the coyotes. So that really doesn't count. Uh, You know, that that, that's, you know, they're not playing a real team. Uh, So, yeah, I just, I, I just don't, think they could do this again um and and get away with it uh so uh, and who knows if it's actually their intent but it's you know when you see that that timetable you know i I thought that it was going to be i thought when this initially broke that you know he'd have the surgery and they said uh timelines unknown the fact that they gave him an actual eight to ten week timeline and we're still so early in the season leads me to think okay you know what they want to get him back sooner rather than later um but yeah now that now that Lauren mentioned the Olympics, I'm like, oh, you know, that that's just that's sticking out to me. Like, could they could they be that brazen to just do it again and say and say, you know what, let's keep them out. Uh, you know, we'll we'll add to the roster again. Like, if if there was a way for the NHL to say, okay, we really need to, you know, we need to do a deep dive into you know how we're monitoring, you know, injuries and and, and the way that injuries are handled and reported on. Uh, you know, th- that would be it if, if the Lightning held Kucherov out for basically an entire full season again, just to, for him to be completely healthy by the, by the playoffs. So we'll obviously, there's, you know, plenty of time, you know, again, we're, we're you know, almost three months away from when he'd be returning. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's actually ready to return by mid to late January. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we don't have to talk about this again, but it's just, uh, uh, it, it really is. 
it's weighing on me. I'm like, are they going to try and, and, you know, kind of tilt the scales uh, in their direction again? So hopefully that's not the case. Uh, but, and listen, best of luck to Nikita Kucherov in his recovery, um, you know, lower body injury, you know, especially the groin, you know, the, the legs feed the wolf. So if you can't power the legs, you can't power the wolf. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he's able to return to action soon because I mean, he is, that's what bothers me too, is that he's actually an exceptional player. So as hockey fans, we're deprived of being able to see him on the ice, even though we don't want to see Tampa win anything. I still want to see great players play. So hopefully he actually gets back on the ice soon because I'd actually like to watch him uh, and not in the, just in the playoffs where I'm, you know, loathing his existence. But to move on to our other uh, news item, uh, I thought this was interesting to talk about because, you know, we, we've discussed this, you know, maybe once or twice talked, you know, brought up NCAA hockey, but for the most part, we don't really talk about it on the show. And we're kind of in a unique year for college hockey where uh, a lot of, you know, top prospects who've already been drafted have chosen to return to school. Uh, and usually, you know, the top draft picks are usually playing over in juniors in Canada and, and they come over right away. Uh, so it's not usually the case where you have top, uh, you know, players, amateurs who are playing uh, in, you know, collegiate hockey here in the States uh, that are, you know, the, 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 the names to watch. And so, you know, obviously University of Michigan is the, what was, has everyone's eyes right now. You know, you have, uh, you have, you know, three or four different, uh, you know, first round, uh, first round picks uh, who are already, you know, part of, uh, you know, in NHL franchises, Matty Beignet, uh, Thomas Bortolo, uh, Brendan Brisson, and, um, um, and then, oh, uh, Owen Power, I'm sorry, the, the was number one pick. So you have, you know, four right there. You also have Kent Johnson, you have Luke, Luke Hughes, who is the, you know, the third Hughes brother, uh, the, the brother of uh, both Quinn and Jack, uh, all at University of Michigan. I mean, they're a legitimate powerhouse. So that's appointment viewing right now, seeing University of Michigan play. And the other day we retweeted a link on how you can watch, uh, you know, NCAA hockey when it's not just local. You know, I, I always know if it's local, I can catch, you know, you know, BC or BU on TV here in, in, in the Massachusetts area. But being able to see, um, you know, Big Ten hockey or other, uh, you know, hockey at other portions of the country. I mean, there should be if you're a hockey fan right now, you got to be watching collegiate hockey because right now, the, the next stars are playing collegiately. And we're so used to seeing that with NCAA football and basketball, but now we're seeing it for hockey. I think it's exciting. Uh, I would love to see uh, NCAA hockey get a lot more popular here because right now it's, you know, and maybe this will change that ESPN is full on with hockey, but usually, you know, you would just see the frozen four on like ESPN eight, the Ocho. Um, like you'd have to like flip through channels, be like, where's the frozen four? When, where can I actually watch, you know, the, the NCAA championship game? Hopefully it gets more prominent, you know, placement now. And, and you can, and you can watch more, maybe they'll have it on ESPN plus. Uh, so I'm excited about this development. So Lauren, you know, how, how often would you say you're watching NCAA hockey, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, men or women's, you know, usually hockey East, uh, but, you know, how often are you usually watching it? And are you tempted to, you know, try and watch a little bit more now that you have all this talent that's, you know, could have been on NHL rosters this season. They chose to go back to school. That's the, what the most ironic part about this. So, you know, these players who actively decided, I want to go back to college, win the national championship, uh, you know, they're, they're, it makes it for an interesting viewing dynamic. It does. And 
Um, I'll watch college hockey like when it's on, but I've said this before and I've told even my boss where I'm like, when we cover college hockey, like we cover the bean pot or we cover um, other hockey East teams and hockey East tournaments. It is so, so fun. You see some of these players who either are NHL bound or some sort of professional level bound. And it's so much fun to watch them just really put it all out there. And especially this year, there's a lot of, it's kind of Bruins heavy in hockey East. There's a lot of Bruins prospects around. Obviously Johnny Beecher is probably the most well-known on that list, but there are a lot of Bruins prospects to really make it more exciting for people in like the New England area, which is funny to me because Boston and New England have a really good hockey scene, you know, Northeastern, BU, BC, even Harvard, uh, Maine, UVM, uh, UMass Lowell, you can throw them in there every now and then. And I just feel like it deserves more recognition. And I love that it's, that's going to happen. I love that college hockey is growing. And I've always said, I'll go look back and be like, I wish I went to a school, like a college that liked sports more. Like you watch college football and you're like, this is college. Like these are that didn't really care. I went to a D3 school, so it wasn't all that great. The hockey team was great, but it didn't bring in crowds and to be able to hopefully have that on TV and bring more people into the stands is great. Um, And like I said, these are just kids and they're chasing a dream and they're so hell bent on just being the best player they can be. And it's so much fun to watch. It's incredibly entertaining and kind of like women's hockey, the more accessible it is, the more people are going to watch it. Absolutely. Um, So much of what you said, I want to address. So First and foremost, I too really wish that I had gone to a hockey school. Um, you know, I, I did go to a D1 school. I went to Seton Hall, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, Big East basketball, uh, you know, we were a basketball school. Uh, so, so going to those games was a lot of fun, but we didn't have a football team. Uh, you know, we, we didn't have, uh, you know, we had a club hockey team, but we didn't have, you know, uh, t- the type of, uh, you know, program that, you know, Hockey East uh, or even some of those uh, Big Ten programs. Uh, so I, sometimes I wish that I, uh, you know, I'll go to like a BC game every now and then I'm, and I see the student section. I'm like, man, this would have been cool to do. Like, maybe I should have, I would, maybe I should have done that in retrospect. Um, but specifically what you mentioned about the bean pot and any of our listeners who might not be in the new England area, you might be saying, what, what's that? The bean pot is one of the coolest things ever. And, you know, Nesson always does such a great job broadcasting it, but I like to go when I can. Uh, and uh, a funny story. So before I get into my story. So the bean pot is basically, it's a tournament in the middle of the season between the same four teams every year. Um, so Boston university, Boston college, Harvard and Northeastern university. Uh, those four teams will play every single year. So obviously, you know, you already have, you have the semifinals uh, night one. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, the winner of each of those games plays for the, the bean pot title. The losers will play in the consolation game. So it's only four teams take place over just a, you know, a couple nights. Um, but it's just the, like, it's appointment viewing. If you are a new England hockey fan, or really just, if you're a hockey fan in general, but just have access to, if you can, you know, get Nesson, um, wherever you are across the country, because there's, you know, especially we're for BCBU, there's going to be like four or five NHL players, future NHLers in that game. Yeah, that's just, you know, the Boston college, Boston university, and even Harvard and uh, Northeastern, uh, you know, it's a breeding ground for future NHL talent. So uh, if you have an opportunity to, uh, to you know, watch the bean pot on TV, definitely do it. But 
I like to go in person and, and to my quick story before we go over to Hales. Um, I, so I, I wouldn't say that I'm a BC hockey fan, uh, but I preferred them over BU when I was growing up. My mom actually went to BU. So she would always, uh, you know, she would, you know, pull for, for BU hockey. Um, you know, if she saw them, uh, you know, in the hockey East finals or in, uh, in, in the frozen four. Um, but I would, you know, I'd always prefer BC when I was growing up. So I actually, for Christmas one year, when I was in like, I was like 16 years old, I got a BC hockey Jersey. Um, that was signed by like all members of their, I think it was their 2001 national championship team. So, you know, really cool signed Jersey. I made the mistake of wearing this Jersey to the bean pot, um, you know, wearing it in general, you know, you have something that's signed, you probably shouldn't wear it. Um, but I wore this to the bean pot final BC versus BU. This was like 2006, 2007. And a buddy of mine had, had gotten us tickets. He declined to mention how he got them and where we'd be sitting. We ended up sitting in the BU student section. So I was sitting there in the BU student section wearing a BC jersey that was signed uh, by you know a bunch of uh, former BC players. And that jersey got stuff thrown on it. Uh, so that, that was not a fun night for me. Uh, I was surrounded by BU fans. Again, I wasn't even like a hardcore BC fan. I was rooting for them, but uh, you know, they, they saw the, the, the maroon and, and, uh, and white and they, and they decided to go after me. So uh, the, the rivalry between BC and BU fans uh, in the student sections, it is a delight. So if you're a neutral third party, just go and watch like the, the student sections interacting with each other. It's, it's fantastic. College hockey is actually a ton of fun to watch in person. Uh, definitely try and, and get to a game. If, uh, if you have the opportunity, um, but, you know, to get back kind of on track, I just think this is fantastic. Uh, it's great to see, uh, you know, the NCAA hockey getting a little bit more shine here. So hopefully, you know, we, you know, people will start watching a little bit more and it can get a little bit more exposure. Uh, so Haley, I know that, uh, that watching collegiate hockey is probably not something you've done a ton of in the past, but uh, knowing that there are so many NHL talent, uh, you know, guys who are already drafted to rosters that they chose to openly go back to school, they'll be in the NHL in a year or two, uh, you know, that they're all going to be playing. Is this something you're a little bit tempted to see? Okay. If, if, you know, if NCAA hockey is going to be on ESPN plus, or it's going to be easily accessible, you know, I want to see if I can watch more of this. To be quite honest with you, I don't even really watch college football. Um, <laughs> college sports are not like top of my list, but you know, like if it's on, I'm especially ESPN plus. Cause like, I'm, I want to get that for PHF, like then I may watch it. And it, I really do think it's a good idea and that it should be broadcasted and put on TV because look at how big college football is literally look at how much people invest in college football and those athletes that are going into the NFL. I mean, I went to high school and college in Texas and like football is life here. People don't have college hockey teams in Texas. So uh, it was definitely not something that that's like bizarre for Texas. Right. I mean, I would love it. I love hockey, but most people here probably don't even really watch hockey unless they're not from Texas. Um, or they just, their family watches it than they do too. So I think it's, it's smart. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a way to like get these um, people exposure before they make it into the bigger leagues and, that way 
like you really can follow their career the way that you can with these college football players too. And I think that that's really cool. And that that's how certain people connect with certain players. I mean, you look at Candy, one of our, uh, for the fans media, people who is into Georgia football and especially the Patriots like to take a bunch of Georgia people. And she follows those players because she loves that school and she loves those players. And she knows so much about them before they even make her favorite football to the NFL football team. So I think it's a good idea. I'm not going to lie. I most likely won't watch it. And that is no offense to any collegiate hockey player. I just don't even watch college football either. It's just not a big thing. I went to a D3 school too. Sports were not major necessarily. I played soccer for like a season or two uh, until my grades started to decline. And then I put sports in the back burner so that I could actually get a degree. But I'm happy for them. And I I really do hope that that's something that they will pursue further in the future if it's not going to happen right away. So after that super compelling sell job I did of the bean pot, that just did not sway you whatsoever. Yes. (laughs) Like I might watch a tournament like that. Um, We'd be way better to watch it in person. I feel like, Uh, and I was on TikTok yesterday and heard something about some charity hockey game that's going to be in your area, Mark. Um, and so things like that, like if I could see it in person, it'd be so cool, but am I probably going to turn on the TV and watch it? No, but that's not because it's hockey. That's because I don't really watch TV. So no, it's literally has nothing to do with whether it's hockey, football, whatever. I'm just not big into TV in general. Um, and as we've learned in the past through this show and others, college and like drafts and numbers and stuff like that is not my strong suit. So maybe I will just so that I can sound smarter when we do our draft episodes. <laughs> well, there is a women's bean pot as well, Hales. So uh, just, you know, something to maybe sway you a little bit. Um, so the same, same schools, BU, BC, uh, Northeastern and Harvard uh, uh, ladies uh, competing for, uh, for the bean pot as well. So you know, maybe we just have to get you out here in February um, to uh, to you know, to watch the bean pot at. Uh, it's always at the TD Garden, um, so uh, on the Bruins home ice. Uh, you know, maybe you see it in person. But uh, just in in general, again, I just want to highlight the amount. You know, usually you don't have like this list of players who are already you know high draft picks who've opted to return to school. But again, you know, you have. Uh, Maddie Beignet, who was uh, the number two pick from by the Seattle Kraken, um, you know, again, just at that time, the time that he was drafted, it was a, a you know just a couple days after they had selected their team in the expansion draft. So you know there was an opportunity for him to you know say maybe I I try and uh, and you know go play for the Kraken right away. No, he opts to go you know play for a national championship in Michigan, but you know he'll be competing for a spot with the Kraken next year. You know he'll probably probably be on the team next year very uh very talented forward who's actually from uh the new england area uh you have uh, again thomas bordalo also university of michigan he was selected by the sharks um in uh, the second round of the 2020 draft um you have brendan brisson who was uh drafted uh first round 29th overall by the golden knights uh you have matt coronado from harvard who was selected 13th overall by calgary uh in this past draft uh, Luke Hughes, again, the third Hughes brother. So, you know, he's got the pedigree already. Uh, you know, he was the number four pick from the New Jersey Devils, uh, where he'll uh, soon play with his brother, Jack. Um, so, you know, you'll have brothers in the NHL together, which is becoming a trend. Uh, you have Chaz Lucius from University of Minnesota. 
um, you know, back in like the seventies and eighties, pretty much all the talented players went to go play for Minnesota or Boston. Uh, so, you know, he had uh, you know, university of Minnesota, still a very good program. Um, so Chaz Luchas there, uh, he, you know, he uh, is, uh, was selected this past year by the Winnipeg Jets. Obviously, Owen Power, uh, like we mentioned before, he was the number one pick. Again, University of Michigan. They have a powerhouse this year. So, uh, and then you also have Jake Sanderson, uh, University of North Dakota. So the the Dakotas are pretty much only known for they have hockey uh, college hockey teams. So if you go to the Dakotas, you're like, oh yeah, uh, you know, college hockey. That's how you can converse in the Dakotas. Uh, but you know, Jake Sanderson again has an NHL pedigree. Um, so uh, you know, and finally Carter Savoy. Um, who was uh, selected by the Edmonton Oilers in the 2020 draft, another guy whose people are watching in, in NCAA this year. So it's just you have a, a list of so many players who are going to be uh, you know, in the NHL very soon. So if you're on the fence about college hockey and you're not Haley, because Haley already said pretty much doesn't swear, uh, you know, see if you can tune in to, uh, to college hockey, whether it's um, you know, around here or you know, in the big, uh, on the Big Ten network. I know that they always uh, will, will play uh, collegiate games out there. So uh, you know, definitely see if you can uh, catch some games this year because you're going to see future NHL All-Stars. Um, and that's not something you could always say unless you were watching Boston College or Boston University. Um, but uh, again, cannot vouch again for the bean pot enough. Uh, you know, definitely, if you are, have never heard of it before, and you're going to be in the Boston area in February. See if you can get a ticket, get a ticket to the Bean Pot. It's really cool to watch live. So again, that's pretty much all we have for news that's not Chicago Blackhawks related. And we're going to cover all that next week. But I wanted to uh, you know keep things kind of light for this episode and uh, get into our next session, which I think will be a lot of fun. Our chirp session where we discuss one of the most controversial topics in all the internet it comes up every year around this time around halloween and that is the enigma that is candy corn candy corn some people like it some people think it's the worst thing to ever be invented uh so the boston bruins released a, a funny little video um where um you know uh, david posternak and his teammate nick felino uh were discussing candy corn and, and felino is basically trying to to convince david posternak that candy corn is actually good um, David Pasternak had prior to this video allegedly never even heard of candy corn. I don't know if it's not uh, big over in the Czech Republic or what, um, but apparently he had no idea what candy corn was before recording this video with Nick Felino. So Nick Felino is a fan of candy corn. He loves it. Um, he tried to uh, tried to have David Pasternak try some. So he tried a handful of it for the first time. If you have not seen the video, uh, and he immediately called chewing on it a battle. Um, he did not like it whatsoever. Uh, and Bruins players in general, not fans of candy corn. Uh, Nick Felino might be the only player on the roster who actually likes it. I'm going to put a take out there. I enjoy candy corn. I like candy corn a lot. Um, you know, don't eat it very often, but I think it's good. I don't understand why people crap all over it so much. Um, but it, if you have not seen this um, this video from the Boston Bruins, we'll retweet it on the Snipe and Selly Twitter feed. But uh, you know, tr try and watch it. It's, it's very funny. Um, but I want to open it up to my line mates here because again, this is a controversial topic. Debates on the on social media get very heated about candy corn. So first, I want to ask uh, you know both my line mates, did you watch this video? Did you you know did you enjoy it? And also, what are your thoughts on candy corn? Uh, you know, is it in your power rankings for Halloween candy, or do you hate it? So 
Lauren, I have not been able to really get a read on you yet um, in, in looking here on, on the Zoom. So I want to know, did you like this video? And are you a fan of candy corn? Yes or no? I love the video. I love when teams do stuff like this just because it's it's fun, it's lighthearted, and it shows like a different side to the players. And it makes them a little more relatable to fans. And as for candy corn, it is absolutely the worst candy out there it is garbage it is trash if you enjoy eating candle wax enjoy candy corn it is disgusting my brother loves it he'll go over to my mom's and she takes a handful it what it's disgusting Derek likes it my a lot of my friends like it and it's a shame that Mark I now need to add you to that list of friends because they just do not have taste and good candy um but no, it's, I hate it. I can't stand the smell of it. I can't stand the, obviously the taste of it. It's disgusting. Like I would just rather wallow in sadness with peanut butter cup pumpkins or Milky Ways or my favorite Canadian candy coffee crisp, but they obviously don't sell those in the States, but candy corn, absolutely not. Don't even come to my house with it. I will set it on fire. Wow. Okay. That. <laughs> I, I hate candy corn. Like I said, see, I, I preface this by saying it is a hot button issue. People get very heated over this. And Lauren just, uh, just displayed first and foremost, uh, you know, why that's the case. Uh, so Lauren is very anti-candy corn. Can I put you on the spot here? What is your, your top five Halloween candies? Uh, I think that's a good follow-up question. So peanut butter cups, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Milky Ways, um, Kit Kats. And then Hershey's, the cookies and cream elite. Um, and then I guess just like Hershey's chocolate. I don't like Snickers. I don't like peanuts in my chocolate. I like them as like a little snack, but not in my chocolate. Um, I don't like peppermint patties. I don't like anything mint in my food. Um, mint belongs in toothpaste only. And I don't, I think just those, like I was, I was a big lollipop person growing up, but I feel like a lot of people don't give out lollipops for Halloween. Um, but oh, Nestle Crunch. That's uh, mm -hmm. let's Hershey's together and add Nestle Crunch in there because that is delicious. I think. Okay. That's okay. Uh, so I disagree with your take on on peppermint patties. I'm big fan of peppermint patties, um, but uh, those are all very uh, very good picks. Otherwise, um, I'm a big fan of uh, of peanut uh, peanut butter is one of my favorite uh, you know foods in general, and peanut butter cups is definitely my favorite candy. As we found out the other day, Reese's now has a uh, big cup with potato chips uh, inside. I can win, cannot wait to try it, um, but I'm a you know, big fan of, of all forms of the peanut butter cup. They have the pumpkin. They have the Easter egg. Uh, anything that Reese's does, it is just incredible, uh, their, their, their peanut butter cups. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a fan there. So, Lauren is not a fan of candy corn, but also I didn't see any like, you know, fruit flavored candies, no, like no starburst uh, Skittles, anything like that. So you're, you're pretty much a chocolate gal. Yeah. I don't really like Skittles. I like the sour Skittles, but, um, on sour patch watermelons. Yeah. Those are, those are pretty good too, but right, no, well, like I just, I like straight chocolate. Like I don't, I don't like anything messed with it. If you're gonna put like caramel in it, that's fine. But None of this like almond joy and the, the coconut one. I don't know what the coconut, what's the almond joy? What's the, what's the coconut Mounds. one? Mounds. Yeah. None of that. None of that hogwash. Just, just, just chocolate. Now, do you eat your Kit Kats one at a time or you do, uh, do you go all in and just take a bite out of the whole stack of, uh, of, of Kit Kats? 
I am not an animal. I take them one at a time. I enjoy it. I see people when they just like take a giant bite out of it. I was like, it's not a candy bar. It is meant to be enjoyed separately. That's why it's called break break me off a piece of it. So no, absolutely. You, If you bite your Kit Kats, please go on Twitter and unfollow me. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. I'm, I'm learning so much about my line mates tonight. <laughs> Um, I'm a yeah, very and, picky, weird eater. I've, I've got issues with texture. Well, uh, you know, Lauren's not having a fall wedding, but, you know, she can expect to get an arrangement of candy corn uh, from, from someone at, uh, at her wedding. You know, just put it out there right now. <laughs> no. Der- Derek can enjoy it. And you he can will. just see that, that it's there. <laughs> um, but uh, Hales, I want to go to you next. Uh, so uh, I've, I've made my position on candy corn known. So, so is Lauren. So I guess, you know, with us only having uh, three of us here tonight, you're going to be the tiebreaker. You know, what is your position on candy corn? Also did, again, did you, uh, did you have a chance to watch that Bruins video? Um, you know, if not, I'll, I'll send it to you later, but do you, uh, you know, and what are your top five Halloween candies? So I did watch it. I think that pasta is hilarious. Like his Duncan commercials and stuff. There are some of my favorites. I think his comedy is great. So I watched it um, and it was great. And I absolutely love candy corn. So candy corn is winning on this podcast today. So sorry, Lauren. But I grew up with my grandfather loving it. He had a drawer in his office and I would go steal candy corn out of it all the time. So it's like nostalgic too. I don't even know if it's the taste so much. I was like, it's just candy from my childhood that I grew up with that is Halloween. Like all those candies Lauren names are fantastic, but like you can get them any time of the year and it's okay to eat them. But like candy corn, I feel like it's only appropriate to eat in October. And so it's definitely in my top five Halloween candies because I don't consider every candy to be Halloween candies. So really I only have top two and that's the Reese's pumpkin, but it has to be the pumpkin because the pumpkin, the Christmas tree and the Easter egg are better than the regular Reese's. They have more peanut butter, which makes them better and candy corn. I really like, I love most candy. Let's be honest. I, I am diabetic and I still eat all kinds of candies, but nothing will be better than chocolate and peanut butter together. Nothing. But I, I disagree with you, Mark. I do not like the weird Reese's mixes that they do. <laughs> I do not like Reese's pieces inside of my peanut butter cup. I will never try a potato chip with my peanut butter cup. I just want the original Reese's peanut butter cup the pumpkin, the egg, the tree are fine. And then sometimes the big cup depends on how I'm feeling. If it's, you know, my period's here and I'm feeling a little PMSy, then I need the big cup. It's Morios. Um, but as for like my favorites, growing up, Tiger Pops. Has anybody had those lollipops, Tiger Pops? They had like multiple colors on them. Those were some of my favorite lollipops growing up. And then of course, candy corn and Reese's. Um, I am big on some of the sweeter flavors. I actually find chocolate, if I eat too much of it, is too rich for me. And I hate dark chocolate and white chocolate. I know, it's horrible. But I only like milk chocolate. Um, So I do like Skittles and Starburst and stuff. But I am the type of person who's going to buy like the all red Starbucks, Starbucks, Starburst pack. I don't want, I haven't had coffee today, y'all. It's apparently on my mind. Um, I want the all red. I want my favorite flavors and those only. I don't want all the extra flavors. I don't understand as yellow is my favorite color, but I don't want yellow flavored candy. 
none of it's good to me. Yellow Skittles, yellow Starburst, none, none of them taste good to me. But yellow in the candy corn, yes, I will eat it. Sorry, yeah. Laura, it's winning today. Once we get uh, around Easter time, we'll have to have a discussion on peeps because I feel like that's also, mm -hmm. along with candy corn, peeps is a hot button issue on the internet. People get very, very hot and bothered whether it's pro or anti peeps. Uh, and we can mention it now because they're terrible. <laughs> I, don't, hot I, won't, I won't reveal my position. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that. I don't want to take away from the content that we can, uh, that we can have at a later date. Um, but I'm also not a fan of white chocolate. I like dark chocolate, so I disagree with you there. But uh, yeah, white chocolate just, it, it doesn't seem like it's actually chocolate to me. So, uh, you know, that's, um, although I do like the cookies and cream that Lauren brought up and that has white chocolate in it. So I'm kind of torn. Um, so if, I guess if it has cookies, inside of it i like white chocolate if it doesn't i don't that's uh that's my take and i'm sticking to it don't care if it doesn't make sense that's fair um but as for myself uh my top halloween candies i, I already you know revealed my position on on reese's cups uh you know any type of reese's but uh, as Haley mentioned the pumpkin is the official halloween version so that is number one for me um i also love candy corn and i don't know why but these are only available around Halloween. It doesn't, it shouldn't be a Halloween only candy, but for some reason you can never get it any other time. And that's Whoppers. I really like the Whoppers uh, malted milk balls. Um, I, I like those a lot. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's in my top five as well. Uh, Haley disagrees, I can tell. Um, but in addition to that, uh, I love Starburst. Like I can, I can sit there with like a, a bag of Starburst and just like, I can have the entire thing and not be like satisfied like i need more um so uh so there's that and uh and then finally i i gotta have either like a, a twix bar or uh or a snickers like uh, I, I gotta have one of those two you know uh and peanut butter m&ms like i gotta have specifically the peanut butter m&ms uh those are those are the best ones uh so you know if anyone is ever wondering like hey you know what's the way of mark's heart peanut butter pretty much um, is, uh, is the, the way to, uh, the way to Mark's heart. Uh, but yeah, I looking forward to, uh, once again, getting a big bag of Halloween candy this year, getting zero trick or treaters because apparently no one comes around where I live and then just eating all the candy myself. That's pretty much uh, what I do. Uh, creamy peanut butter, Haley, uh, to answer your question. Um, yeah. Anyone who eats crunchy peanut butter, you know, that's a red flag. You know, you had the red flag thing on Twitter. Uh, that's a red flag. Yeah. And me being stupid, just real quick to show everybody how sometimes my brain does not function. I bought peanut butter at the store the other day. And mind you, I'm pretty poor right now. So all I got was like ramen, Chef Bardi, peanut butter and bread at this point. And I bought extra crunchy, thought it was extra creamy. And now I have a jar of unopened peanut butter because I can't eat it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just, you're just going to have to see if you can pawn that off on some, see if you can find someone with who makes poor life decisions and say, Hey, would you like to trade regular edible peanut butter for uh, this thing that is peanut butter flavored gravel, basically. Exactly. Oh, I, I like how we sometimes get off the rails in our discussions. Uh, we end up talking about uh, different types of peanut butter. Uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, if you, uh, you know, if you care to share with us your favorite Halloween candies, cause this is basically our Halloween episode. Um, Tweet us at Snipe and Sally Pod on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to know what your favorite Halloween candies are and uh, whether what your position on candy corn is. Because as you heard from this episode, 
it is a very, very hot button issue. Um, so before we wrap things up for the evening, wanted to, as always, go around the league and uh, take a look at the action on the ice and see what teams uh, over the last week or so have been really, you know, catching our eye and which teams absolutely stuck. Let's just put it out there. What, what teams uh, are just stinking up the joint? Um, so, uh, Lauren, I want to go to you first, you know, over this last week or so, who's really catching your eye, both in a positive and negative fashion? Yeah, I still think, um, you know, the Sabres are still winning. I mean, they lost to the Bruins, but they're four, one and one now. Um, so they're still, they're still hanging on. They're still making my power rankings week to week. Um, like I said last week, it's certainly going to fade out at some point. It's just a matter of when, not if, but I'm still going to give them a shout out here. Um, and the, you know, the Capitals, the Hurricanes, just for like remaining undefeated and the Panthers, but they're on my, my bad list right now because of Quenville, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and for disappointing, this is going to hurt really bad, but my abs, man, like there's, they're supposed to be better than this. And I know they were without uh, Landis Gog for a little bit, Nathan McKinnon for a little bit, but they're still a solid team and they're not playing like a solid team and there's no reason to worry. I mean, we're a week, 10 days, whatever it is into the season. So there's certainly no need to panic, but those are my abs and I want to see them succeed every single day. And I just want to shout out the Canadians for finally winning a game. Go guys. You did it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they finally did it. I'm glad you referenced uh, you know, the Panthers and, and Quenville too, Lauren, just because again, another reason why, you know, we want to wait a little bit longer to discuss this Blackhawk story is obviously, you know, Joe Quenville was uh, the, the coach of, uh, of those Blackhawks teams and he's currently coaching the Panthers. And by this time next week, when we record, who knows if he will still be the coach of the Panthers as of right now, he is, he's still coaching games, very much disagree with him being behind the bench while this is all going on. You know, maybe he should be placed on leave until, uh, his fate is decided, but regardless, he is still coaching games. And again, one of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, wait to discuss this story is, you know, see how everything, uh, winds up turning out. So right now, Joel Quinville is still the coach of the Panthers. They are seven and oh, they're playing very well. Um, but you know, who knows, uh, you know, no one else in that organization is, uh, it, you know, is to blame. Uh, so, you know, good for them for being off to a seven and oh start, but um, you know, they have someone behind the bench right now who probably shouldn't be. So we will get into all that in depth next week. Um, so thank you, Lauren. Uh, Hales, how about yourself? Uh, who's really catching your eye uh, over this last week or so in both a positive and negative way? So obviously the Panthers, like I said, I watched some hockey. Finally, it was actually on the little streaming service I had. So I was really excited about that. Um, really hoping for Joe. As much as I want, of course, the Flyers to go to the playoffs and win, they are kind of on my not-so-great list this week. It would be cool to see Jumbo Joe win a championship, you know, if my team can't win. I wouldn't be mad if Florida won, as long as it's not Tampa Bay. Um, but we're still very early into the season, so who knows what's going to happen by the time we get to that. But, um, yeah, also the Oilers. I really didn't expect them to be doing so well. So early on into this season, I guess I just kind of like don't pay enough attention to that team normally. No offense. It's just not one of my teams. So I don't pay attention to them. Um, and then for like disappointing, really, of course, the Flyers, like I love them. I feel like they do have like they've been doing pretty well. They're 
they're in the middle for me, I guess, this week because they did really well against Boston. You have Atkinson who's scoring like every freaking game, just out there making a difference on the ice, but their standings in the division just aren't great. And so I'd like to see them, you know, get some more wins under their belt and move up a little and like show that they're going to be somebody to, to uh, watch when it comes closer to the playoff time. Um, I do like that the Devils are at the end of the standings um, just because little rivalry between Flyers and the Devils there just a little bit. And not going to lie, it makes me very happy to see the Blackhawks haven't won a game. So no offense to our Blackhawk fans out there that also don't, you know, obviously don't support what happened. But I kind of feel like it's a little bit of karma that they haven't won a game. Um and so I liked seeing that. that. That made me a little happy. And as we mentioned a little bit ago, the Coyotes. Like, what are they doing? Didn't we used to be a Coyotes podcast? Like, just Yeah, that because- was a good two weeks. It was a good two weeks, yeah. So I don't really know what's happening with them. But, you know, if they could get their first win, they're, they're down pretty bad today. But it would be nice if their first win was against Tampa Bay. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean – Right now, the Coyotes can't win a game. Who knows where they're actually going to be play, playing their home games next season? It won't be in Glendale. So, uh, you know, f- who knows what's what's going to happen with them. But, yeah, not a good start to the season for uh, for them. Uh, so thank you, Hales. Um, yeah, as for myself and, you know, as you were mentioning with, uh, with Atkinson, talk about someone who benefited from, you know, getting out of Columbus. Uh, you know, he, he every, anytime you see a flyer highlight, he is scoring for them. So uh, he's off to a fantastic start with his new team. I uh, really like the way he's playing right now. A, a guy who's very been very undervalued over the years, again, because he was playing in a market like Columbus where, you know, very little people are paying attention to uh, unless bad things are happening. Um, but as for myself, yeah, again, the, you know, Florida Panthers, you know, whoever is coaching them aside, exceptional hockey team. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, you know, Bruins went up one, nothing on them yesterday. And then they just like flipped a switch and, uh, and, you know, end up winning four to one uh, tough team to score on They're scoring goals left and right. They are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Atlantic this year. Again, this started last year. Uh, you know, they were off to, uh, they started this last year and uh, you know, they, if they had played anyone else in the playoffs besides Tampa, they probably would have made a run but uh, it has carried over to this year. So they look fantastic right now. And, and yeah, Buffalo, you know, the Bruins are their only regulation loss. They're four, one, and one, uh, you know, they continue to, uh, to, you know, play solid hockey. So it's, it's very surprising. I'm also, you know, since Mike's not here this week, uh, you know, I have to, to, you know, advocate on his behalf uh, the, the Red Wings continue to play really tough hockey. Um, you know, again, I don't want to talk about playoff position, you know, two weeks into the season, but, you know, they're currently in a playoff position in the Atlantic after some rough years. Uh, they're four, two, and one. Uh, they, they, they look really solid out there. They're playing a lot of toughness. Um, so I really very much impressed by Detroit. And I, I got to mention Carolina just because, uh, you know, as we sit here, they just scored a really fluky goal against the Bruins. Uh, they're, they're up two nothing. Uh, they're five and zero in the season, but this being my kind of my first look at the hurricanes, uh, you know, extended look firsthand. I don't know how sustainable their style of play is. And uh, I actually just tweeted about this on my personal account not too long ago, but there's being like aggressive. There's like pinching in into the zone, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, aggressively there's taking chances. And then there's what the, the hurricanes are doing. They're playing like 
very aggressive, reckless hockey, like their defensemen are, you know, pinching in uh, at all times. You take that many chances over the course of an 82 game season, you're going to get burned quite a bit. So right now, you know, there are five and zero, possibly six and zero after this game. I don't know over the course of an 82 game season, how sustainable that, that style of play is, but right now it's working for them. So they're definitely impressing me. I just, you know, like I said in a previous episode, you know, they're going to be a team that impresses in the regular season. And then they end up losing, you know, four games to one, to a random team in the playoffs. It's just, that's the type of team that they are. Uh, so we'll have, to, we'll have to see what happens with them. But in terms of teams that are just kind of making me laugh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I cannot have an episode pass by without making fun of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, they, they did, you know, beat the Blackhawks last night to prevent them from, from getting a victory, but you know, three, four, and one, they are just an absolute laughing stock again. And I, I, it makes me happy. It makes me happy. I'm very much not a fan of, of the Maple Leafs. So uh, I, I love that they did that documentary on Amazon for like nothing. Um, so I, I, maybe I'll watch that and laugh uh, when I'm having a, an off day. Uh, just, you know, get, get some, some laughs out of me. But um, yeah, I'm not impressed by them. Um, you know, obviously right now, not very impressed by Vegas. I mean, Vegas is three and four. You know, they're a team that many people had as a, uh, you know, a Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, obviously things can turn around, but it has not been a good start to the season for them. And even though they're two, four and one, I'm going to put uh, Seattle Kraken uh, in the positive category because they got their first win on home ice, first win in climate pledge arena. So even though it has been a uh, rough start to the season for them, um, you know, good on, on Seattle, hopefully they get things turned around here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, as, as you mentioned, Hales, uh, the Blackhawks currently sit at Oh, five and two. And uh, yeah, you know, you got to, I would say, try and dissociate uh, the current roster from uh, the 2010 team, but there are, you know, two very prominent members of the that current roster who were on that team as well, who have said uh, some really stupid things uh, when questioned over the last couple of days. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the Blackhawks, uh, you know, getting embarrassed uh, out there uh, each night. Um, so, uh, so yeah, they have not impressed me and, wouldn't hate if they, uh, you know, finished in the bottom of the standings uh, this year, you know, burn that franchise to the ground. But again, we'll get into more of that next week, but that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, again, you know, tried to keep it kind of light. We did ref reference what is going on right now. Um, uh, you know, especially in, in Chicago, uh, we will devote an episode next week to discussing that topic because it's important. And what Kyle Beach has done over the last, uh, you know, 24 hours is very important. What he's had to live with the last 11 years is awful. And uh, we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, we devote enough time to discuss that, um, that story at length. So we will have that coming for you next week. Um, but before we wrap things up for the night, I wanted to go around to each of my linemates and see if they had an empty netter for us. So Lauren, we'll start with you. Any closing thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, this just came in like 10 minutes ago during our uh, heated candy corn debate. Um, but there's Kevin Weeks, I think that's I think that's how you say his last name, is just tweeted that he's hearing there's a coaching change coming for the Florida Panthers. So um, certainly trying to end this show on a good note, and I think that's a good note to end. Um, I'm assuming it's obviously Quenville. Obviously coaching is, that could be a big thing. But the elephant in the room is Joel Quenville still coaching the Florida Panthers. So it sounds like that's going to change. Um, 
So hopefully that is the case. Hopefully we'll hear more either tonight or tomorrow or before our next episode so we can tie this all in and uh, rip him a new one. But so far, I, I like that that's how my night is going to end just with that news. Yeah, and Kevin Weeks, um, when he has news, uh, he's never wrong. So he's, uh, he's very responsible with his reporting. Uh, he's not someone who, who you know goes for Twitter clout. So um, if he's hearing that there is a, uh, a change coming in Florida, then there's a change coming in Florida. Um, so uh, yeah, that's again, another reason why we wanted to, you know, wait a little bit before we delved into this, uh, this Blackhawk story at length, because, uh, you know, half of what we would have said would have been outdated before the, we finished recording. So, uh, so yeah, thank you, Lauren, for sharing that. Um, and uh, hopefully that, that is the case. Um, Hales, I wanted to go to you as well. Any empty netters for us to wrap up tonight's episode? Yeah, so I saw on the Boston Pride's Twitter that they have a scrimmage coming up on Saturday. So go Boston Pride. I hope they they win on Saturday. And uh, on their tweet, they said you can watch at myhockeylive.com. There you go. Um, so uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing some regular season games for the Pride soon. They uh, the PHF uh, opening up their season shortly, but uh, yeah, get that scrimmage. Uh, you know, watch that scrimmage, support the PHF. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you, Hales, for, uh, for sharing with our listeners where you can find it. Um, as for myself, I wanted to, once again, just kind of reiterate, um, you know, thank everyone for all the, the entries to our giveaway so far. And, uh, and, you know, the amount of people who've listened to these uh, first few episodes to start off the season. So, um, you know, if you have not entered yet, again, please enter our giveaway. We are looking forward to, uh, to you know, giving you a hockey jersey of your choice. Um, and, uh, you know, very much looking forward to, uh, to, you know, seeing who wins. So we'll announce that next week. Uh, so, uh, I want to go around to each of my line mates here and have them, uh, let our listeners know where they can be found online. Uh, so we'll once again, start with Lauren. Uh, so where can all of our listeners, uh, find you online? Where else can they read your work? Where else can they listen to you? Um, and you know, the last time we were recording, uh, you were, uh, you know, still covering baseball full-time. Of course, that's not going to be the case uh, right now, but uh, you know, uh, remind our listeners anyway where they can find your baseball coverage. Yeah, you can find me across social media at la 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 Lauren three laws Lauren with four R's. You can find all of my work on Nesson.com. It's shifted a lot now to a lot of NHL and Bruins heavy, but there's still plenty of baseball off season. So certainly be on the lookout for that. You can also hear me hosting the Locked On Red Sox podcast Monday through Friday. We're still releasing episodes, um, even though there's no Red Sox season, but we are doing, my, me and my co-host Jason, we are doing some solo shows right now. He was in Houston and Tampa, so he's playing catch up. I'm getting some rest, and but we will be back together soon on that. Okay, so the off season does not give you any rest, Lauren. I was hoping that maybe it might, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, that, that, that's awesome. Uh, so definitely support all Lauren's work. She does so many things for, um, for baseball, uh, hockey uh, here at FTF. Uh, so we love Lauren. Please go support her and follow her on socials, even though she hates candy corn. Um, as for, uh, for Haley, uh, can you let our listeners know, Hales, where you can be found online, where else people can listen to you? So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CSI Haley and on TikTok at CSI Haley 91. You can listen and follow me at gridiron girls and fierce and flawed you can find those at girls gridiron and at fierce and flawed on twitter and fierce and flawed pod and gridiron girls pod on instagram 
You can also follow at For The Fans Media for Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can go to forthefansmedia.com to subscribe. So that way you have all the information you need to follow and subscribe to all of our different podcasts that pique your interest and access to all of our blogs, video blogs. If you go to that website, then you can find some really good information, keep up to date with everything that's going on at FTF. So subscribe to that so that you can get notifications in your email whenever a new article is dropped. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Hales. As for myself, I can be found on Twitter talking about how much I enjoy candy corn uh, at Mark Pacelli 13. That is P-I-S-E-L-L-I. Uh, I can also be heard on views from the rafters. We should, uh, we were supposed to come back this week. Uh, schedules did not align. We will be back next week talking all things NBA. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I can also be heard on NerdPod. We're hopefully bringing NerdPod back soon, talking all things entertainment. Uh, we keep getting more news on Spider-Man No Way Home every day. Cannot wait for this movie. Needed to be December 17th already. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully i uh, get talking about all that on NerdPod soon. And like Haley said, please uh, check out ForTheFansMedia.com. A lot of great stuff on there. Uh, but for each of my line mates. Um, I, I hope that everyone enjoyed this episode. And until the next time we all see each other, enjoy the action on the ice, everyone.